I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And this week, we're doing something a little different. You've heard me many times on the show talk about how I encourage athletes to take a pause, to come up out of the weeds and to reflect, to have a look back so that we can look forward and plan effectively. And that is exactly what we intend to do today. We're over the halfway point of 2020 and well, folks, what a year it's been. And so what we decided to do is look back over our episodes as in January and February, we were charging towards our season of racing. But of course, we were blindsided by the fog of COVID. We're now midway through the year. I'm taking a little holiday, but I wanted to create the best of to remind us that, guys, we are okay. And so I think it's worth you guys taking a little time to listen again now to some of the subjects that we dove into. Now that we're a few months into this, well, what we might call new normal, and see if we can take anything away now that is applicable. It's also important to absorb and take what is useful to you in your current situation. I want you to use it to support each other, your friends and your family, and hopefully share this episode that acts as a great summary with your colleagues and implement some of what you implemented. Because it seems like we're kind of in this for the long haul. But you have the ability to lead regardless. And so we're going through four episodes today and taking the best parts of it. We're going to talk about episode 110, where we go back to the start of March around the subject of resilience. We're also going to talk about episode 111, which is a continuation of the theme of resilience, but focused around team. We then jump to staying engaged on your performance journey from episode 118. And finally, we jump all the way to episode 123, effective coaching and leadership. If you like today's episodes and show, it's a wonderful one to share. And as ever, we appreciate it. If you subscribe via Apple Podcasts, it helps the show. And it helps others who might be interested in performance in life and sport to find us. And so with that, no word of the week this week, no squaddy update, no Peter Minute. We're going to dive right in. Barry, can you give us a little introduction? Why don't we do the theme tune to word of the week? But we're going to go right into the meat and potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes, four episodes to introduce. The first of which is taken from episode 110. Goodness me, I can't believe how much speaking I've done. At the end of March and the beginning of April, I decided to dedicate two full episodes on a subject that is so critical and you are going to hear more about over the coming years, resilience. 
the first episode was all about developing self-resilience, which is ultimately your platform of personal, mental and physical performance. This is the time when our sporting goals take a back seat, but resilience and health become more important in life than ever before. You do not need to be an athlete, as right now the title of, quote, athlete is kind of overblown. What you do need to do is have an undeniable thirst to perform. And the resilience is your armor, your catalyst, to enable you to thrive in these changing times. And so, let me introduce the best parts of this from the meat of potatoes and a few tips around building your personal resilience. Enjoy. But how about a really busy executive athlete with a family? How can they adapt and develop resilience in this topsy-turvy world? Well, let's consider an example of adaptation required for this situation. And I'm going to talk about one of my athletes, Alan. Two months ago, his routine fit like a glove. He had his season laid out, the Boston Marathon, a little break, a couple of little short triathlons, then a sprinkle of trail running races in the summer on the back end, an Ironman 70.3, which was going to be his first. He had a training routine that fit his life schedule perfectly. About 10 hours a week, averaging seven hours of sleep every night, and a life schedule that, while busy, kind of ticked all the boxes. He ate well, often with the family. He had his 40-minute commute, but he still had time to go to the weekend kids' soccer games. And, locked into a rhythm, he had time for the family as well. He had a pretty reasonable chance to isolate working from home. He if, seldom had work that had to be done at home in the evening. And one more thing that I think is important context. Alan's, well, he's a serious chap. He's very focused on his goals. And if there was or is a weakness in his overall performance journey, it might be that he would tend to stray towards perfectionism, maybe a little bit over-serious in pursuit, sometimes mentally shackled by a pass-fail mentality of training on a daily and weekly basis. Well, Alan, welcome to the new midterm world. With a flip of the switch... Alan's life schedule and stress bucket changed dramatically. Even if we ignore all of the aspects of anxiety and uncertainty that come with the coronavirus, here are the practical. Firstly, change. Almost everything changed. Schedules, situations, social interactions. On a personal level, his carefully curated schedule and, of course, his compass for racing and performance, boom, it felt like the ground was moving under his feet. Then, of course, suddenly he's in his home office and he's sharing it with his family, supporting his kids' homeschool and, of course, competing with the Wi-Fi bandwidth with his Zoom meetings impacted by the online learning. And then he had a reduction in his training access in the program, upside down and completely directionless with a serious impact on his sleep and eating routine. I'm sure this sounds familiar to many of you guys. We could go on and on and on. Now, after the first few days of grieving and adaptation, it is now, now that this word resilience becomes key. Mental and physical resilience. And that doesn't mean that Alan 
needs to simply carry on training hard and keep plowing on. And so what are the focus points? What are the key elements of physical and mental resilience? What can and is Alan doing? Well, let's go through this thinking about the buckets because we have a really nice framework and it's called the pillars of performance. Remember what I've talked about before? When we get a smart and appropriate endurance training program with a backbone of strength and conditioning, with proper habits around eating and nutrition, all supported by appropriate recovery, athletes accelerate every time. It is time now for Alan to double down on this. Now, I'm going to give you the summary answer for Alan, and I hope you draw from it and remember it. Then we'll waffle into the details. So here is his route to energy, rational thinking, clear and smart decision makings in business and thriving within this chaos. Training, it's reduced, it's varied, it's fun, but it's specific. Nutrition, it's all supported with very simple and clean habits with lots of hydration, making sure that he reduces alcohol. Strength, well, he's got reduced access, but he must maintain a mission to lift heavy things. And recovery, well, it's important that he actually programs it, that it creates structured restoration, because it would be so easy to drop the importance at this time, especially with that reduced training load. Now, that's not going to satisfy you. You don't listen to this show just to get a quick and easy soundbite. And so, let's dig in. So, his training. He and you must train. You remember the difference between exercise and training? In a world that is now random and chaotic, Alan must train because training is structured and progressive. Every human being doesn't need to be an athlete. Every human being should train, not exercise. But... He cannot simply carry on because we'll remember his 10 hours used to fit like a glove. He was healthy. He was consistent. He was improving. But now his bucket of life stress is amplified and his training now is also rudderless. What's he training for? Well, he has to evolve his mindset. And the way to do that is to realize that you're training for resilience and similar to our pro to come out of this healthy, fresh and ready to evolve. So the first thing was to reduce training load and we reduced it to about 70% of his regular load, about seven hours a week. That was to start. Now, as he stabilizes and emerges, then we can start to build it up again. And the magic word in his training, as I said with the pro, is variance. The biggest antidote to overstress and overtraining is variance. A lot of low, low intensity, a little smidging in the middle, and a dab of high, high intensity. The thought that your training in this phase must all be easy is a myth. We must avoid monotony. With racing gone, we must now create a sabbatical program, just as we did with the pro. I love that phrase, sabbatical. We're on pause, we get to remove from the regular journey, and we get to evolve. It's a chance to improve for Alan in the areas that he can focus on, and of course develop progressive goals within that training. Now for Alan himself, 
This also provided, in the scope of adversity comes opportunity, a diffusion of that obsessive athlete. And so he needed to really embrace and reposition the why. Without a serious target, he had an opportunity, a chance to shift the conversation of where his fitness and performance fits into life. Now, that's very, very similar to the conversation I had with the pro, who was rightfully driven towards world-class performance. But in this case, it is something to improve his health, to ensure that he brings the best version of himself to his family and is able as an executive to lead. And that's the central part of it. That's the role, the critical, I would say much more important than his performance at Boston, the critical role in his overall scope. And with this, he can now view, no different than our pro athlete, 80% of his training as soul-filling. You're allowed to have fun. Did you hear that word? Fun, an escape. Now on top of that 80%, two or three sessions a week of progressive intensity that will enable him to adapt and grow. And he might, might, might just come out of this learning a thing or two about mindset and training along the way, and he might even come out a better athlete. You can't believe it. But guess what? It's true. Now, that's his training. But Alan's personal journey of resilience isn't going to be complete due to simply reducing training, mixing it up, and adding a little bit of fun. Resilience arrives out of a smart program with the supporting habits. And so at this time, they are simple yet critical. Here's the list. Nutrition. Here are the things he has to do. Number one, maintain post-workout fueling. It's my number one. Ensure that you're taking in calories immediately following the workout. And it must include protein because that naturally draws those stress hormones down like cortisol at the cessation of exercise. So make sure that you put that in as a rock. He also wants to focus on daily eating. Now, ironically, this is now easier for Alan because all of his meals are at home. And so it's much easier to control the quality, the quantity, reduce packaged food. Yes, I know there's a little bit of privilege in that statement, but he can lean into a lot of good oils, tons of fruits and vegetables, and yes, plenty of carbohydrates, particularly in the morning. As a backbone or a supporter of that, hydration, 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 a central tenant in this, and an area that he could improve regardless. Well, guess what, Alan? Now is the time. But the one big thing in nutrition, it is not a time to radically change the diet. No fasting. Don't add change on top of change, no matter what you think. And the final component under nutrition, and this was a challenge in week one, and many of us had this challenge, is to limit alcohol. <sighs> I'm home, it's stressful. Why don't I have an extra couple of beers? It's a suppressor, a suppressor of your immune system and a suppressor of health. And so some is okay, but don't fall into the alcohol habit. And so with those two, he's getting on his journey to resilience. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, on and on, on and on. But we still have two more to go. Strength. Well, Alan has no gym access, so... He doesn't have access to his big heavy weights that he likes. Whew, his functional strength could take a hit. 
Innovate, Alan. Innovate. Cords, rubber bands, body weight, a simple order of the basics. Three to four short backyard sessions every week. Overload, find heavy things. We must maintain tissue health, the anabolic side of fitness, and of course, functional movement. It's an opportunity to create stability, explosiveness, have fun, mix up the stimulus, but he must engage in strength. It becomes, no different than our pro example, an absolute central tenant of his resilience development. And finally, guys, the biggie recovery. Remember, I'm supposedly called the recovery coach. Well, Alan cannot ignore the power of this now. Sleep. He must get his environment right. It's normal to have broken sleep, but make sure it's cool, it's dark. And this is a wonderful time. You always talk about can you add one skill acquisition or one challenge in times of crisis? Mindfulness and anxiety reduction is a big one for him. So two weeks in, he took up meditation, and now he's over the what the hell is this and why am I doing it phase to I need this in my performance toolbox. And the other part of recovery is to be programmatic about it. With the changing structure where everything involves around everything happening in one space, the home, work, family, exercise, eating, routine. It's really easy to drop off recovery and it's incredibly difficult to carve out time for yourself. And so rather than plowing through work deadlines, rather than keep driving on the weekend with work, we must maintain structure and order and actually program in time for yourself, time to relax, even at the weekend are you listening? Taking a nap. It would be a mistake not to prioritise recovery. And so it is with those combinations that we can sum up Alan's approach in a few words. And it isn't changing the overall recipe. It's looking for chances to actually evolve and improve and integrate habits that he always knew were important but maybe were on the wayside and shifting the mindset and relationship with performance. And so, yes, in a few words, training's reduced, but it's really varied and it's fun. He gets to keep moving heavy things. He has a magnified focus on really good eating habits and he's really leaning into the power of recovery. And from this, he develops resilience. And therefore, he is equipped to navigate stress and anxiety by providing himself with a robust platform. And it is from here that he or anyone can maintain logical thinking, rational decision making, high energy management and focus, self-resilience. Well, there it was, a little snapshot of personal resilience. But now... I think we carry on. The second episode to review was from the very next episode we did. We carried on with the theme of resilience, but this time it was all about resilience for team. In part two, I talked about developing resilience for your team, your athletes, or your company. And the fact that fearing and anxiety must give way to action. And as a leader, 
Yep, that's you. It is your duty to lead the charge. In fact, this is your purpose. And a part of that role is creating a purpose-driven journey for those that you lead. And in this segment, I discuss some of the principles that all of the leaders and coaches should employ when developing a resilient team. I hope you enjoy. Last week, and this is the reason that it is right fresh of mind, last week I ran, in conjunction with Tom Andrews of TJA Leadership, a seminar for a collection of very high-performing CEOs and business leaders. And it was all about leading for resilience. Ah, you see why we're doing the show now, eh? We had 20 what we call leader athletes thrust into action with this situation. So what tools and lessons could we share, Tom and myself, to help them positively manage teams and companies and imprint change? Before the seminar, Tom and I spent a long time dissecting our thoughts and lessons around resilience and the critical components of the time. We came up with five key principles, and here they are, just to summarise Sally's point. Number one, health. Setting up a working or team environment in which you make feasible and truly encourage health. And you want to do so without being dogmatic. And so you want to truly ensure that you encourage teams to build in time for themselves, to adopt positive habits, to schedule time for exercise and training. For example, as an employee of Picky Bars, who is run by ex-Purple Patch Pro, Jesse Thomas, he sent a CEO's note on last Friday. It's lunchtime. Get outside, go play for a bit. You must have activity, you must have time for self. You want to also ask, and this is genuine and authentic, and you need to do it repeatedly, if anyone in the team needs support and help with all of the elements around health. It becomes really important. And thirdly, if you can, engage people. Set them up with challenges. It can be silly, it can be accessible, it can be fun. But what is the challenge that promotes good, positive health habits? And if we can start to anchor on that, you start to lead towards the structure of resilience. The second component is stability. Within the chaos that we find ourselves in, where everything has changed, schools for our kids, work, training, everything has changed. And within this chaos, we must, we must, must, must find new routines and structure. And we must try and seek familiar elements that we can anchor and build around, especially as we are less influenced by others' routines and habits that might support positive actions when we actually end, end up hanging out in person. I thought that Tom said it best last week. This process is key to also find time of what doesn't change as much as what does. And so we do best with the routine and we want to set up our teams and our athletes as much as possible in routine as well. A very purple patch example, the Sunday special, originally mapped for the training of our pros and to ensure that they understood training to execute the training as intended. We then extended it to our time-starved and busy executives. But now it's all about you as a leader getting everybody to get aligned with the Sunday special so that we can synchronise training, work, life, sport, performance, all under the roof of the house. 
get your team or athletes engaged and as much as you possibly can stick to familiar but focus on the high value stuff okay great obvious we want your team to be healthy we want them to have routine and stability much as like yourself the third perhaps the most important purpose how can you get your team to be grounded in something bigger than you just like Sally's story let me tell you what we did purple patch the first response stabilize we had to get aligned as a team we need to batten down the hatches and very quickly we tried to move to opportunity now what I'm going to say now it really doesn't sound inspiring opportunity how can we get the team optimized for the upcoming challenge wah 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 it was only when we realized our role as a company that is to support and help others and now not just athletes but all others that might benefit and it was only when we re-engage with our mission to educate and empower all human beings to reach their athletic potential through the lens of athletic potential you reach human potential it was only then that we got our lightning rod of purpose and the whole team every person in purple patch can get behind that purpose we want to help others this brings team spirit so what's your team's purpose how can you serve answer this and i believe that you're well on the way to a thriving team that is going to emerge from this fog resilient purpose the magic word two more guys number 4 connection when you're apart you must do all you can as a leader to create human connection it has never been more important as a leader this this connection is critical it is so very different leading a remote team a remote team of athletes a remote management team a remote business whatever it might be and the key component just as we heard in Sally's story is you must spend more time more energy and more focus on the human side of things you cannot make it all transactional you cannot make it all business you have to find time you have to check in how you doing as a human this is critical and also realize that just because you do it once just because you did it last week doesn't mean it's complete this thing is changing daily Do you remember what i said what is true today is not true to tomorrow people are reacting the energy and the stress is a roller coaster and so you as a leader must lead forward you must care you must check in constantly find time if you don't have time find time if you don't have time make time if you don't have time dump something out connection isolation is the curse connection is everything and finally my word that i keep saying today perspective how do you reframe this bad situation to evolve and ultimately thrive your athletes your team your company needs a compass and when fear is there it's impossible to gain perspective and so you must coach them you must help them come up you must help them see out of the fog 
And how can you enable a long-term lens and help people react to what is happening, the stress, but react in a meaningful way as you cannot control what the situation is, but you can control your reaction to it. And that's going to create perspective to the situation and enable you to drive forward rather than simply defend. Now, if you build these perspectives into your leadership arsenal, you will be steps on the ladder towards innovation. Remember what I said last week to one of the Purple Patch Pros? How do you emerge from this? And the answer they gave me, with great health, with great motivation, and advanced in the performance areas that I can control. You see, fear will be placed with action. Short-term reaction was dumped in favour of perspective and a drive to help others in this time and an invigoration to improve. And so I hope, as a leader, you can thrive. You have the tools, you have the skills, you certainly have the passion. All you need to do is come up and think, how can I be of service, and then go and apply. Oh, and one more thing before I go. Give yourself a little bit of space. Self-compassion, a touch of vulnerability, it is strength right now. And make no mistake, this is hard. It's really hard. And for many people, including you, acknowledge it. There's grief that comes with it. But once you've acknowledged it and you give yourself a little downtime and you look after yourself, you can even have a little cry if you need to, but then get on with it. Evolve. Inspire. Because we lead to improvement and you as the leader, this is your time. This is what you were built for. Opportunity and adversity, a chance to thrive. But it will only happen if you adapt and innovate. If you just keep digging in the same sandbox, you're just going to start to wilt. Boom. Resilience done, guys. But now we need to move on to what we call the journey. And for the next little summary, we jump to episode 118, 118, staying engaged in the journey. This episode is all about the success of teams. And let me tell you, the success of teams and athletes isn't mystical, and it's also not luck. An effective coach or leader must be equipped to guide their pupils through change. And this is going to help their team course correct and accelerate. And the really great ones will find a wonderful balance between empathy, tough love and accountability. And so in this little snippet, here are a few essential considerations that leaders must do in order to achieve engagement, focus and execution. It's a cracker. I hope you get something from this. Enjoy. There are four main components that every leader needs to consider. The first, and it comes out of the story, purpose. It's clear enough in our stories that we talk about. Vortex explained or displayed it perfectly. In the toughest times, we must always pause and align on the why. It is the only path towards creating a response over a simple reaction. Understanding and ensuring that we are all aligned on purpose creates connection. 
it enables a lightning rod, and it is the framework to enable us to remain pragmatic and engaged. All of our decisions come back to the root why, and that's why as you go forward, retain purpose as the driver. What are we trying to do? Now, outside of this, underneath, you also are best served by aligning on mission, medium to long-term mission. That fits under the purpose. We can create a compass and guiding light for the whole team in ordering for them to channel energy and effort. This is the intentional focus piece that fits under purpose. And so for Vortex, the mission was to simply connect the athletes in a virtual COVID-19 scenario and engage them on a discovery and education for global performance over simply finish lines or PRs. The why and then the driver to mission. We must also realize that this thing of engagement and the journey that we're on is just that, a journey. This is a marathon. Number three, realize it's a marathon. Many coaches, athletes or businesses absolutely charged out of the gates with a frenzy of critical work in the early stages of challenge and change. And this is often absolutely essential because change often requires amplification of effort, but also it's not sustainable. And we must realize that any change is never quick just to be over. We are not in the middle of a peak towards a race and instead we are building team performance over time. And so now once the initial hurricane is over and everyone's gone into the frenzy and stabilized and moving, we must now leave room for, and this is the recovery coach saying it, I know, but we must leave room for recovery and integration of positive individual habits across all of the team and individuals that make up that team to ensure that they can stay engaged and resist the spread of burnout. Yes, this is a marathon. And so, so far we have purpose. We have mission under that purpose. We have a long-term lens. Remember, process, not outcome. So what else? do we need to think about with engagement? Number four, communication. Communication. In change or challenge, communication is the driving critical element. A context and continual touch point are massively important. Just when you are bored of saying the same message, say it again because you're just starting. And with that, just a little vulnerability and appropriate transparency can go a long way to recruiting engagement in a team. As long as this transparency includes the context of how it is and a call to action, your team or your athletes are going to thank you. Communication, communication, communication. And finally, The last point on engagement is one that I draw 
from my CEO roundtable. And it's a great one, guys. You must be willing to waste a little time in order to be efficient. Let me say that again. You must be willing to waste a little time to become efficient. You see, the backbone of this is that change and challenge can splinter groups. And as leaders, we cannot just charge along like bulldogs. What do we need to do? Next project, next project. We need to breathe. Because effective human beings engage and connect. And it is the social and spontaneous interactions that help us feel connected and thus engage. And it is much more difficult to establish this in the virtual workplace that we're operating in at this time. But it must be done. And it's a really tricky one. It's not easy. And you have to be creative. Whether it is your virtual brown bag lunches, whether it is game night, whatever it is that can help you get connection and spontaneity and things that just seem like a waste of time but are actually the heartbeat of people feeling engaged and connected, you must do it. Now, this is a really tricky one for some people to wrap their head around. Isn't it just ineffective? Well, I'm going to give you a personal example. Every Tuesday and Thursday, our whole pro squad, all of the Purple Patch Pros, get together on video conference, and we do swim band training. Elastic cords that I lead them through 30 minutes of stretch bands that are really good at supporting swimming, quite challenging, a bunch of core and some push-ups and squats. It is a 30-minute blast. And it's tough. But after the 30 minutes, at every single session, we hang out. And you know what we do? We have a nice natter. Five to ten minutes to check in and chat. And the conversation? Anything. COVID, Netflix, family, new bikes, back to family, nonsense, leopard print shorts, why someone in Miami always works out in white loafers. It is completely unstructured. Is it a waste of time? Should I just be jumping off the call and saying, well done team, I need to get back to the office because I need to get back to Purple Patch? No, it's critical. And it wants to be spontaneous. It needs to create connectivity. Because in these times that we can't be together, we must be together like never before. So gang, these are the building blocks of engagement. The engagement of your athletes, of your employees, of your team members. And I promise you, over the coming months and year, your engagement of your team is going to be one of the defining pieces of your success. Let's not perpetuate the fantasy that we are just around the corner from a hasty return to the old life that we all loved and knew. Many optimists are clinging to the yearning of a return to the old, but the successful are going to face the truth that it is going to be a long process of reintegration. And it's going to be a journey that we must all build together. And it is much, much better to be clear and honest in this truth. Let's get building and let's keep our charges engaged. Purpose, mission, Process not outcome, 
communication and just that little splash of spontaneity. Put it together and you have a path towards success. And finally, guys, we build off of resilience. We engage in the journey. But this one is for the coaches and the leaders. The final summary, episode 123, Effective Coaching and Leadership. This episode two places an emphasis on effective leadership, but it looks ahead over the coming months on how coaches and leaders should consider approaching the uncertainty, stress, and turbulence that you have on your teams. Now, as I've mentioned before, you have a massive role in this journey. And in this episode, I talk through the how. Guess what? One of the key ingredients? Yep. Resilience. It all ties together in a nice bow. Enjoy this, the final, which I think is the best of 2020 so far. Now, the second part of this planning category is to evolve programming. There's an old saying, never waste a good crisis. There are too many coaches out there that are going to just fall down the pecking order. They will fail to support the needs of their athletes. And the reason for that is they fail to adapt to the changing environment they find themselves. And so as a coach, I challenge you. In fact, no, challenge yourself to grow, to evolve. The world is changing. You need to evolve with it. If you were coaching by the route of writing a nice program for an individual, tracking execution by analyzing power files or comments, occasionally engaging in a phone call, well, you might need to evolve. It may have worked for the then, but I promise you, you're not optimizing for the now. If you're coaching anchored only on the sport that you're leading the athlete through, ignoring the broader aspects of life, you might want to evolve. If you're focused just on the individual athlete and a simple direct one-to-one relationship with each individual athlete that you coach, you might want to evolve. The reason I say this is that the changing times call for coaches and leaders to step up to the plate and adapt to the new environment. And right now, I believe that most people and athletes' needs are a little bit different. We're in a time that a myopic lens of just thinking about sports performance doesn't fit with the challenge or stresses that people face. Rather than providing solutions to this, I'm just going to ask you, the coach, questions. As a coach, what are you doing with education across all aspects of performance? Sleep, stress, nutrition, How are you approaching conversations with athletes around the logistics of life, the stress of fear and concern, the challenges of working from home, colliding with family and friends? How are you connecting with athletes? Can you do live coaching with your athletes via video? Can you connect athletes under your stewardship to create belonging community? Can you create common purposes amongst the athletes that you lead? The key point is how you did it likely isn't good enough now. And so, blank canvas, be creative, plan, 
evolve. And yes, you listen to this and you think, oh, this sounds like a lot of work. And I'm here to tell you, it is. It's hard. It is freaking hard. It's more work than you used to. But you're a coach and this isn't a hobby. It's an important responsibility that we have. And it's also, to be frank, a little bit of a privilege to earn the trust to guide someone through their performance journey. And so a little bit of a rallying cry. It's time to step up into your opportunity. Number three, mindset and communication. As I've said before, coaches, it is time to step up. It's time to truly lead your athletes. And it's important for you to have a great deal of empathy for the situation. You must have compassion for how tough this is for your athletes. But, and this is a big but, you need to be cognizant as you're flooding your athletes with empathy of just how easy it is going to be now several months into this for your athletes to start to fall into apathy, into self-pity. If we go back four months, the initial phase of this journey that we're on were terrifically destabilizing. Worlds were turned upside down, routines destroyed. It was really, really tough. And for almost all of us, stress, boom, through the roof. And after initial stabilization and a chase to create a little routine and even a period of grief, which was actually really critical for many people, but the predominant need right then for a coach was empathy, really having strong empathy, nurturing support. Well, that was then, but this is now. And I believe that now, no matter the path or the roadmap that we're going to use from our planning exercises, empathy for the journey, yes, it must remain. But, and you might not like to hear this, it should slide to the back burner. The predominant focus right now moving forward it should be a little bit more stiff upper lip, as we like to say. And what do I mean by that? Well, I think it's okay. No, I think it's important to acknowledge how tough this is. But I also think it's important to recognize that you as the coach cannot predict the future and nor can anyone. But, and here's what I mean by this, the absolute best path forward for the individual, the team, the company, the society is for us to pull our socks up and get on with it. We need to charge forward. And this begins with a commitment. And it's a commitment for me, for you, for your athletes, for your employees to see through the process, to remain on tasks no matter what happens. If we stray towards roadmap A and races return to normal, 
Then there is a commitment to drive towards excellence and performance in life and racing. But if we face a more uncertain future and we retreat away from racing and more towards the last months that we've had to live, and then we retain a commitment towards excellence and performance. But instead, that commitment is more in life. Sports performance on the racing field will come and we still chase it, but just not quite yet. Either way, on either roadmap, the commitment is, and you demand this, it comes from the heart, we drive towards performance. It is an important mindset to now stand up and commit to. Really, step up. We need this to move forward. Apathy, self-pity, that is not good for you. It's not good for your athlete. It's not good for us. And this is the theme around our whole thing. Emerge stronger. I am not going to let this crisis derail me. I am going to navigate the ups and downs, handle the frustrations of which there are going to be many. I'm going to find routes that look like dead ends, but I'm going to convert them to highways because this is the journey and it is the tough part, but I am still on my journey. And as a coach and leader in the balance between empathy and tough-minded, you might just want to retain both as both are important, but I would stray towards the latter because right now that is what athletes need. But how do you communicate that? Well, I think that there are a few key words to lean into. The first word, clarity. People do better with clarity. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell the truth. Acknowledge it sucks, but make a commitment to be there throughout to ensure that we as a unit emerge. That's your job as a coach, and it's tough news. But sugarcoating bad information or things that people don't want to hear is not going to serve you well. And so stick to truth, stick to clarity. The second part of communication is perspective. It is natural that athletes will get pulled into the now. Today, this week, this month. But the more that you as a coach and leader can provide perspective of the journey prior and the future, realizing and helping the athlete realize that we are just navigating a really tough chapter of the story, but it isn't the story. And then the better it's going to be. Clarity and perspective. You then want to lean into word number three, focus. Get the athlete's attention on the things that are in their control. They can control their behaviors, their habits, their training, how they place their mind. What are the opportunities here? Place your emphasis on these. Talk about these, not on whether racing is going to occur or not. That is for right now, secondary. Clarity, perspective, focus. Then, word number four, team. I don't believe that any athlete should be doing this alone right now. Ensure that the athlete understands that you are there for them on the journey. And so I'd encourage you to make it more about us rather than them. 
And if you can, in addition to that, draw in other athletes and unite them beneath the banner of the commitment, that is going to drive the collective forward. It's going to create a shared journey. Clarity, perspective, focus, team. And the final word, word number five, purpose. Keep coming back to purpose, the why. If you can get an athlete excited about the why that they're doing this, there is going to be much less distraction and more resilience around the situation and the challenge that they face. Clarity, perspective, focus, team, purpose. What more can we want to anchor your communication? Yes, folks, there it is. Four episodes, four summaries, and a message. Coach, managers, athletes, look, this is not all a disaster what's happening right now. In fact, if you get anything out of this as a leader or a coach, this is the time for you to step up and lead. You have these and many tools at your disposal to actually help and it just takes a little dose of clarity, communication, planning, and leaning into your biggest assets that you have, your athletes. Leaders of businesses, the same applies. It is time to plan, communicate, and lean into your biggest assets, your employees. Help them develop a platform of resilience, provide a release from their rigors and stresses, and ensure that they feel connected. And of course, continue to lead with a sense of purpose and direction. Now, next week, we're back. All new episodes. And I'll also be answering a few of your questions over the coming weeks as well. But until then, I hope you have a great one. Stay safe. Keep your mask on and take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers.